Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. seen anything like that now let's head to the first tee this guy's pretty good and here's your host jeff kolpak well what do you know summer hits at least spring and we told you it was going to get here and it got here and we cannot be more thankful this is jeff kolpak good morning 740 the fan 107.3 fm and 740thefan.com is the web address you can tap into the podcast anytime the Golf Show coming to you from Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio here in Fargo. Later in the show, Mike Polchinski, the head professional at Leonard Country Club, will join us. And um, you know it's a late spring when Leonard is uh, doesn't open in March, if not even April. And Zach Sklebar, who's um, making a run for the U.S. Open, is going to join us uh, toward the end of the show. But first and foremost, a man who's been around as long as I have, if not longer. I'm not sure. Maybe you and I, Russ Nelson, been in the golf game since, uh, I don't know, the Reagan administration. But good morning. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, you're, you're, I interviewed with your dad quite a few times. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Let's just put it that way. And my dad, let's just say he hasn't been around for, oh, 30 years or so. Uh, we're open. How did, how did Village Green, the head professional at Village Green, uh, how did that survive the winter? Yeah, I played Sunday morning in that heavy wind, and uh, I, I didn't see any winter kill. I saw a little bit of vol damage, but nothing that affects the golf. It's it's in very good shape. Yep. Is is that u- usually the case? Uh, have you had many issues of, of winter kill at all, or you know? And you said the voles, the, the little varmints. Yeah. No. He Rick Downer does just a yep. great job, and we've been covering our green since we added the second nine in '94. So. We really haven't, and there wasn't any damage this year. Yeah, I was going to address the second nine, and I know we've done this on the show before, but how did that change the game as far as having an 18-hole course uh, with Village Green? It just it, It's just a different animal, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was, I think I was there six years before we that, that second nine opened, and yeah, you, you just have a lot more opportunities to mm-hmm. run more tournaments, bigger tournaments, more players, and that and that second nine is a favorite of most people, so they like that better, and so it's been great. When you look back, was that uh, how did that come about? Was that a, an adventure? Was it pretty easy to get through to the to the city of Moorhead? If you recall now, how how did that go? No, actually, it was kind of odd when I when I, they interviewed me. I I didn't want to go. I was at Edgewood and as an assistant and. I did not want to go to a nine-hole facility. When, when I interviewed, they said we're going to, you know, we're going to build a second nine soon. Well, my first year, 1988, all the greens died. Uh, oh, great! It was a yeah. Devil's Lake was dry. Yeah, um, it was a drought. It was hot. Um, it recovered in '89, so they put that on the back shelf, and then uh, Rick Downer came in in '90 and got it back, and then they they threw a curveball at me. Instead of adding nine, we added. 
27. They threw the meadows at me. <laughs> right. So, that's right. So it was it was odd. We went from, okay, we're not going to do it to let's put in 27. Yeah. And that's what happened. What's that say, though, for the city of Moorhead to make that investment in golf courses like that? And you can make the argument that it's not the most profitable thing in the world, I would add, and I've argued for many years on this show, that golf is an investment in the lifestyle of a community. It's an investment in the vibrancy of a community. It may not make always, you may not make a million dollars on it, but I think it's essential to having a lot of things to do. And I just, I, I just think it's that important. How, what's it say for the investment of Moorhead to do that? Yeah, that that was that was big. I was I was surprised. I was happy. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, swimming pools did not make money. Tennis courts did not make money. They're they're part of mm-hmm. a lifestyle, and and then you put homes on them, and uh, they're they're good for water retention and uh, the value of your home. And yeah, it, it's 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 been good, and and obviously with COVID, it's it's been great. Parks do not make money either. I mean, there's a lot of things right. that don't make. Streets don't make money, but right. I think we, we need them. COVID, we came through. You just mentioned it. How did you guys come through? Were you surprised by that? Well, I don't know who would have thought this would happen, mm-hmm. and certainly not me. When it, that that 2020 year was so stressful, and but then at the end of the day, the revenue was was great. And then in 21, it was better. And in 22, it was better. And I know we have a late start, but our revenue for this, these first seven to 10 days has been fantastic, despite the, the weather that is now getting nice. But mm-hmm. with this wind, we had, we had fabulous revenue the first seven to 10 days. Russ Nelson is the guest. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak coming to you from Gunderson Jewelers Studios on 740. The fan statewide network seen in... North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, and Canada. So we, we get around. Glad everybody is along for another show. We'll be with you until the top of the hour. Russ, you've been a head pro since, what, 80? 88. 88. And how has it changed over the years, you think, when you look back? And and I know there's technology and there's a lot of things, but how has it changed for you? If at all. Uh, I don't even know if it's changed. I, I think for me... It's been the technology that's been the biggest one, and I'm not, as most people know me, I'm not really on board with the technology. <laughs> so, you know, I, I still teach old-fashioned, and I I don't use technology, and and I'm very poor with the computer, and but it's part of it, and um, otherwise, it's it's it hasn't changed a lot. Although with COVID, it it has changed when we started. Think of all the golf courses that were added in, mm-hmm. you know, Rose Creek opened in what, 92 or three and eighties yeah, and nineties were a boom. Yeah, yeah, it was a boom. And and then it, we had that drop off and, and now it's, it's back up running how long it's going to last. I hope it keeps going and I, I think it will, but I, I don't know. I remember doing a story. This is when I was in Bismarck working for the newspaper out there. And when Hawk Tree opened up, I, played opening day with Jim Ng, the architect of Hawk Tree. And we were talking about golf courses, and he said he's been busy seven days a week for two straight years. I say, wow, do you ever take a break? He goes, you got to go while the going's good. And and certainly he recognized that. And um, so, and, and you think we're getting back to a little more of, a, of, of, of course construction then? 
Well, there's is that a little the feeling. Yeah, there's a little bit more. I think it seems like it's more on the high end, though. You know, the, yeah. the abandoned dunes type and the sand valleys and and that. I I, I haven't seen a lot of the uh, public facilities or or low end. I, mm-hmm. I I think we need, I think we need more smaller golf courses. Par threes, executive, but um, yeah, I, I don't see a lot of building in that area yet. All right. More, is there any talk of doing a nine hole? I've never even asked anybody that question. Is that even a possibility? I mean, you already maxed out at, at two 18 hole courses, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, I was, I wasn't real happy when we lost town and country. It, yeah. You know, I here, forget here, about that. Yeah. I mean, the, the town was moving that way. They finally paved that road. And about that time, they, you know, Blue Stem came in. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was a, you know, you need bunny hills to ski and you need those to golf. And, <laughs> You know, so that that one I did I didn't like, but I, I wish we had more of that. Yeah, well, it's still never too late. I think there's still land out there. There's got to be. There is, and, so. and then Ponderosa I think closed in 2016. That was a bigger course than Town and Country, but it yep. still was, a, you know, served that clientele. Yep. Uh, this has been the top five coldest March and Aprils on record. And the other three were in the 1800s, <laughs> which uh, which we weren't around. I just want to make that clear. Uh, how are the golfers? They must be, you said they're ready to go. Even golfing in cold weather right now, wind, who cares? Well, last weekend I was just shocked. I, uh, I work every Saturday morning, and then I have somebody come in with me, and I called that person off, and you talk about a mistake. <laughs> I, I think we're going to watch the video of me working that that shift alone. Yeah. It was <laughs> all over the place. It was unbelievable how how busy we were last Saturday and and then Sunday. You know the wind's blowing fifty, and I I didn't I go I don't even know why we need to be open and we had a we had a really good revenue day despite that I I yeah. just was shocked yeah and well. people were showing up in shorts. <laughs> Which, That's. Not me, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. Uh, before I let you go for this segment, and we will bring you back for after a commercial break. You have a really nice short game practice area. You got a very laid big range. Um, describe the benefits of that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, the driving range is. I'm not saying it's the biggest one in town, but I like the direction that it goes. Um, um, you're not you're not hitting into the sun when you're at your busiest. It's mm-hmm. it's got plenty of space. I can you can I can teach from e- either end. We have a nice putting green that's you know mm-hmm. great size, and then across the road that that short game area with a bunker and yeah. I mean it just people want to practice. They want to maybe practice all three facets of their games, and we can we can take care of that. And that's important. And you, you don't make money on the putting green and the chipping area per se, but that's maybe the reason they came over to hit a bucket of balls or play there. So right. it, it matters. It's it's and it's great for teaching. Do you think people take advantage of that as much as they should? Is there do you see a lot of people out there? I would highly recommend it, especially now getting going. Well, no, they don't take advantage as much as they could because, you know, usually when you look on the range, that's full, and the other areas are not full. Mm-hmm. So the two areas that are free are the least busy, but people like to hit drivers, and I understand that. Yep. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more of our conversation with Russ Nelson, the head professional at Village Green Golf Course in Moorhead, right by the interstate, if you don't know where it's at. This is Jeff Kopak back after this. 
Just aim it at that trap, it'll curl right back. You've got a slice like a sickle. It's a brass wedding ring, a dependable thing, though I wouldn't give you a nickel. If I one time around you, hit the dreaded street. And we're back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 on the FM dial. Show brought to you from Gunnerson Jewelers Studio, the show presented by Michelob Ultra. Russ Nelson is a guest, a head professional at Village Green Golf Course in Moorhead for the next several minutes. What do you do in the off season? You still head out, or what do you? What, what's going on? I do. Uh, I just spent my forty fourth winter in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the coldest winter in Phoenix. Oh yeah, it was cold everywhere, huh? Yeah. Well, not Florida. <laughs> don't don't feel sorry right. for me in, in okay. Phoenix, but it was it was cold. And then uh, I did something. I took my two daughters to the Masters. Uh, we, oh, how we, cool is that? Yeah, so that was, and I was, I was going to do that regardless if we opened early or late. I, I mm-hmm. told told my my boss that I was going to do that in November, and she was all in. So the the, the late start kind of helped me there. I didn't have to, you know, rush back and rush home and rush back. So we spent seven days in there. We went in there on Monday and Thursday, and you know, every anybody that plays golf and my daughter's golfed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to step foot on Augusta National. Where did you spend the most time? Because when I was there, I, I snuck my way into Amen Corner a little bit, and just th- I sat there in awe. W- would you guys go all over the course, or where did you hang out? Uh, well, that I've been there a number of times. They yeah. had never been there, and they scalped. So <laughs> I get in, I get in free and yeah. as long as I want. So I, I would, they would, they would be out working the the system, and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd go in and kind of check things out and then come back and see if they got a ticket and then do that. Personally, I, 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 wherever Tom Hoagie was on Thursday is where I was. Okay. And I watched him right through with, with Phil and Siwoo Kim. And Mm -hmm. on Monday, uh, I spent a lot of time on the driving range. My daughters, when they first got in, we went straight down 10 to Amen Corner, Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time on that back nine. And then for them, it was to the merchandise store. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, they love that. They, yeah, they, 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 we really had a good time. What a great father-daughter trip! I mean, I just can't imagine anything better. Yeah, it was it was great. Yep. What do you feel like? Uh, let's get it back to Village Green for a second. Uh, junior golf is big, and I've always been I'm a big proponent of junior golf because that's where we start and get our clientele and and get kids hooked into golf. Uh, describe what do you have to offer for junior golf at Village Green? Well, junior golf has has always been one of my passions, and so. At Village Green, we have a we have a, a junior program through the city on Mondays. It's a six week program, um, obviously private private lessons, and then mm-hmm. I'm really big into the PGA Junior League, which is uh, Monday night matches and Wednesday night practices, and uh, and then of course we host uh, Park Christian Golf and Cheyenne Golf, boys mm-hmm. and girls, and and we have. Uh, Although Davies is now over here with the girls, and Cheyenne's moved over to Osgood for the girls. Uh, then we have the Steve Widener Junior Tour, the mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota PGA Junior, the, the Western Dakota Tour. The they're moving over to the East. They started last year. They're even more. They're even bigger this year. So they're yeah. they're going to be here. And then there's a new tour that Fargo Parks has started that we're discover. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to host that. So there, there's a lot of junior golf going on. If you're a parent driving around, how do you get your kids involved? How best to do it? Well, if you're if you're if you're you know just starting and you want to go through the 
the city program. You, you, you sign up online or at the parks office. And the PGA Junior League is done on, on your computer through the PGA website. Mm-hmm. Um, you sign up there. We, again, our matches are Monday nights and uh, the, the, the practices are on Wednesday. But the, the tours are all, they all have their own websites now. So yep. you, you're just going to sign up through. Hit the Google machine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's the very machine. little done at the, at the shops uh, as, as it used to be in collecting money. Right. Russ Nelson's a guest. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from the Golf Show. A few more minutes left with Russ. Uh, are kids as dedicated as they've ever been? Uh, I, 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 Moorhead's produced some great golfers over the years. What do you see in, in, in specifically junior high, high school kids? Well, I, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's dedicated. They've always because, been dedicated, yeah. Yeah, but, but what's changed is, as you well know, is the twelve month hockey season and the twelve month basketball season yeah. and the. So, so, you know that three sport athlete, four sport athlete isn't is as prevalent. So, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the junior golf, well, I'll say in the last five years has come back a lot. Hmm. And yeah, when I when I got when I got to Village Green, there was so many kids playing golf, and we had a locker room, and the locker their lockers filled up with their clubs. And then we went a stretch where it's like, yeah, there's just not that many juniors bothering us, and you know, in some regards, you'd go, well, that was good. And it's like, yeah, not in the long run. That's not good. And it is back. It is. There There are a lot of kids, I mean, joining it. I, and I think it's, again, a combination of the PGA Junior League and the tours. And mm-hmm. But one thing I noticed in Moorhead with the great hockey is we lose a lot of really good hockey players Yeah, that, that moves at a certain age, and they move away from golf. Well, then you get an Ian Simonich who yeah. ditches hockey for golf. He did the opposite. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and it happened, you know, Jason Blake was a great golfer who didn't play a lot of junior golf towards the back end, but he still played. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean. Yeah, he was a good player. Probably was, still yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, he was a really good player. But, obviously, hockey worked out for him. Yeah, <laughs> he did okay. Do you still play? I mean, you be able to still keep your game in shape? Um, I play every Sunday morning. Okay. I've been doing this for this is my 28th year of the Sunday game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't play a lot in Phoenix. I play every Wednesday. I play a little, lot more tennis, and, and I don't play more pickleball than golf, but I, I enjoy pickleball, and I've been playing it for 20 years. Uh, but, but I don't work hard on my game, but it, I'm just trying to maintain it. You've been playing pickleball before pickleball was even a thing. Yeah, I started with Dwayne Severson at Concordia in 2003, and I'd, <laughs> I'd say pickleball, and people look at me like, well, I, I don't, I don't want to hear about that now. It's, yeah. Fastest growing game in the United States. Who wins, you or Amy Olson? Uh, Amy. <laughs> oh, come on. Amy. Amy's yeah. really good. Have you seen her play pickleball? She's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I told her she was in this studio. She, I go, after golf, I'd give pickleball a run. I mean, she's that good of an athlete. Yeah. She's, I, I saw her a couple of weeks ago at the Courts Plus, and yeah, she's, she's very good. You're even, former, even pregnant. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, even uh, you're a former North Dakota State Open champ or Minnesota State, or both. Uh, North Dakota amateur yep. won that in '77, and the and the state open in '79. Okay, all city. Um, you won best ball tournaments. Do you miss competing yeah. like that? I I did. I you know I'm mm. not not anymore. I, I, the yeah. tournament I missed the most. You know, going back to when I turned pro in '81 was the Pine de Palm. Uh, I never won it, but. I had some good runs, but mm-hmm. that was just kind of a reunion week. Yeah, you know, you'd see some guys you wouldn't see the whole year, and that's that's when you saw them. And it was such a fun match play golf course. And um, yeah, I mean, I competed a, a, when I got in the 
golf business at a professional level, but that is different than an amateur golf. And I didn't have the time to work on my game. And mm-hmm. so you go into tournaments pretty cold, but yeah. Why do you think the Pine of Palm has stood the test of time? That's tough for a tournament. Well, I, I just think because of the tradition of the three uh, tournaments, Bemidji, Alex, and Birchmore. Detroit Lakes, yeah. And, yeah. and Fargo's so close to Detroit Lakes, and all those people have cabins there, and it's just it's just a great week to take off. And and it, again, it's it's such a great match play golf course. You have so many options, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, it's really fun. Uh, quickly before I, I let you go here, what's coming up with Village Green Men's Night? Yeah, Men's Night, Ladies Day. Uh, how can people get involved in that? What's what, what's the uh, the best way to get involved in Village Green? Well, that all started this week and okay. uh, Men's Day and Ladies Day, and that you can you can call the golf shop and and, and sign up. But that that's not as technical as mm-hmm. you know. Just just call the golf shop if you want to play. It's Thursday morning for Ladies Day and Wednesday for Men's and okay and. Uh, yeah, so that that's our that's our main. We don't have a couples or anything else. Okay, so thank you, Russ. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. That's Russ Nelson, the head professional at Village Green Golf Course. Always great to have Russ in studio. Good luck to Village Green, and and we're off. We're off and running in the golf world this uh, this week and last week. This is Jeff Kopak back with Mike Polchinski, the owner, operator, and everything to do with Leonard Golf Course. Back after this. Don't look at that brook with your sweet hook. You ain't gone in there. I put money on it, but honey, hold it. There's something in the air. That invisible string, that thing that pulls. Welcome back. This is the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 on your, yeah, 107.3 on the FM dial. Show presented by Michelob Ultra. Thanks again for Russ Nelson for joining us in the first half of the hour. Russ is um, is a great ambassador and been a great, dedicated um, golf uh, golf guru, I should say, in the area. We fast forward. Pleased to be joined by Mike Polchinski. He is the owner, operator, superintendent, whatever you want to call him, at the Leonard Country Club. Mike, you do everything, don't you? Pretty much, yeah. yes. <laughs> Things haven't changed. So, no, no. Well, small course, you got to do it yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I got to start with this, and you know it's a bad spring when Leonard Country Club isn't open in March. And when did you open? Yeah, we got open last Thursday, April twenty seventh. Oh, you did make April, okay? We did make April, but it is the latest start since I've been here. I'm in my eighteenth year, and this was the latest start we've ever had. Yeah, how many people were calling the the shop? You know, in March, going, "Are you open yet?" Oh, it was nonstop. I had to put it to the answering machine because I couldn't get anything done. There were so many calls coming in. But unfortunately, this way, we had a little more snow than Fargo had, so it took a little longer for the sandhills to drain than normal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, your back end. Is everything, did everything come through okay? How is it looking? Yeah, yeah. It looks like the course fared pretty well through the winter, so we're just kind of getting things tuned up. A lot of branches were down with the wet, heavy snow, so there's a little course maintenance to take care of. But, uh, yeah, we're back in full swing. What is the charm of your course? I, I know a lot of people from Fargo-Morad area head down there. A lot of people in southeastern North Dakota yeah. certainly know. What, what What is the charm of your place, you think? Well, you know, we've got such a neat course. It goes through the sand hills, and you can wind up with some really interesting shots straight uphill, and you got the creek coming through, and you, you have some lies you just don't see in the Fargo-Morad area. It's pretty flat there. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, here it's it's got so many neat characteristics going up and down the hills of uh, Sand Hills of North Dakota that make it just a, a true gem of a course where they put the thing back when the farmers designed it. They did a wonderful job. Yeah, who designed it? When when did this get going? You know, it started way back in 1960, and there was farmers that had a sheep pasture out here. And they put together three holes and just ran around the three holes and then eventually expanded to nine. The new clubhouse got put up here where it's at now in about 1980. And uh, we've since remodeled. We've added a banquet room and then a really Mm -hmm. nice addition that holds 120 people. So we kind of have a facility here that's all been upgraded, brand new. And uh, it's ready for any events of any kind, birthdays, anniversaries, whatever type of parties. And there really isn't anything in the area like this. Mm -hmm. How did you come on the scene when 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 you took over? What was the thought? Like, okay, I'm going to do this. What? Take us yeah, back to that. It, right. It started out. Uh, Del Arneson contacted me to consult for him for one year, and so for one season, Angie and I got together and we uh, just ran the club and basically gave some input what we thought would need to be done to improve mm-hmm. and how we can make the place better and. After we finished that first year of consulting, well, he offered to sell it to us, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it was a, it was kind of a family decision. We all sat down at the dinner table, talked it over with our kids and my wife, and uh, everyone was all in. So we've kind of been all in ever since. Yeah, when was that? <laughs> uh, we've been here now. This is our 18th year. Wow. So 2005, we started consulting. 2006, we took over. What's been the learning experience now? If you were to say you go back to eighteen years, eighteen years ago, Mike, what would you? What kind of advice would you give him? <laughs> well, I uh, I had low expectations coming in. We just kind of tried to uh, start small. But if I was to look back on everything, I really wouldn't change much. It's been it's been a challenge. The biggest challenge is always weather. It's like farming. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really gotta you gotta manage your funds well during the winter to make it through these long winters like this, so you can uh, cash flow through the winter months. That's really a, the hardest thing. And to begin with, maybe we didn't do that so well. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, you, then you start getting loans and interest and things like that. So mm-hmm. the business side of it is really the challenge, just making sure. Um, and you never know year to year. You can have uh, everything in place and looking good on paper. And then it rains every weekend, and yep. you lose all your tournaments. Things like that can happen. So there's a lot of gray area in the golf business. Yep. Mike Bolchinski, owner, course superintendent from Leonard Country Club, joins the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you statewide on 740 The Fan. Where do your golfers come from? Where, 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 where is it every you know Fargo? Is it every southeast North Dakota? Where? You know, it's the bulk of them come from the Fargo area, but they really come from all directions. We got them as far as Valley City and Jamestown out to the west. Mm-hmm. We have some from Anderlin, Castleton, Kindred, kind of all the local cities from every direction. We have a handful of members every direction, and but the bulk of them generally come from the Fargo area. Yep. Ever been a thought to go 18 holes? Is it possible? Yeah, you know, we actually have been trying to acquire some land for the full 18, but I did acquire some land where we have the designers putting together three additional holes right now. We're actually getting really? bids on three additional holes, and Kind of a similar deal to Osgood, where you have the three extra holes. Mm-hmm. But there'll be full regulation course holes, and if we ever can acquire the additional land, it'll flow right into the additional land. Okay. How far along are you on that project? I'm getting the bids as we speak. Okay. I, uh, I've been sent. I got all the designers that put together the uh, the grids for the irrigation, for the greens, all the fairway uh, construction documents. 
and all the information is being bid right now. Holy smokes, how exciting is this? We are breaking news on the golf show, yeah, the expansion yeah, of yeah. Leonard Country Club. So, yeah, I've been working with a designer out of Minneapolis in the winter mm-hmm. months here, and we've kind of been getting some things in order, and everything is kind of... I'm getting wrapped up with the design stage. Now it's just the money side. Yep. And so you, you do three holes and then maybe the other five or the other six connected. I can't even add the other six, <laughs> the other six connected at some point. There's plans on that. That's, that's the hope. If we can acquire the other land, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, being negotiated or we're trying to acquire the additional land, but at this point we're just uh, with the three. So we, we put it in place to add on if available or if we can acquire it. If not, we'll be great with three holes, and and I'm also getting bid on lighting for those three holes. Wow, night golf! Night golf! Jeez. Yeah, I played I played some night golf. You are blowing California. me away, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I played some night golf in California, and, and it is an awesome experience. Um, you know, we have sweet shots, but we don't really have anything like this—a lit up three-hole course, and it'll be full three regulation holes and. Mm-hmm. If everything comes together with the numbers, we're hoping to light that thing up and really have something unique out here. Well, the population is going that way. It's going southeast. I I mean, within, who knows, maybe not our lifetimes, but uh, at at some point, the population will morph into a a big metropolis that way. Is that part of the thinking? Right. It is, exactly. And we've been working with our kids on this, too, because my uh, uh, son and daughter eventually want to take this place over. And We've been kind of consulting with them on our plans, too, and to see what they like. So one day when we decide to move on, that mm-hmm. they will have a nice little track here and everything will be set up for the future. What do you like about these three holes you're designing? What's the gist of it? Are they, is, are they going to meld into the, the the contour of the curtain nine, or is it going to be different? Yeah, it'll it'll meld into what we've got. Like I say, it's three full regulation holes, and it'll be kind of a nice addition when we have the course book for company parties, tournaments, events, where a member still have something to go play. Mm-hmm. Also for teaching, my son Cody does all the lessons out here, and it'll be an area where he can take some people out to do lessons while the course is booked. And also I think it'd be a great place for juniors to kind of just learn the game and practice out there. Yep, and it'll have it'll be part of the sand. The sand hills are all encompassing, right? And exactly in the future, perfect. <clears throat> yep, and we've got a lot of trees and water, and we want to incorporate the same type of meld, like you said, with what, yeah. with our existing. Are you gonna have to move a lot of dirt, move a lot of trees. What's the plan there? There, there is uh, a bit of dirt we got to move, but uh, we're planting some trees, and uh, I've got some trees in this new land I purchased that we can move some trees, so we'll have some nice mature trees coming in right away. Mm-hmm. How exciting is this for you personally to, after 18 years, to keep looking forward to something like this? Uh, I don't know. I always kind of try to keep pushing the boundaries and make it exciting for the players that come out here. We've added ponds, tee boxes, Mm -hmm. trees in different areas. Every year I've been out here, and I just think when when members and golfers come out here and just see that you're putting money back into the facility, they, they really enjoy seeing that, and it's something different. Yep. All right, there you have it, the expansion of Leonard Golf Club. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much, Thanks. Jeff. Appreciate That's having me on. Mike Polchinski from Leonard Country Club. This is Jeff Kopak. Stay with us. Zach Sklebar, right after the break. Just aim it at that trap. It'll curl right back. You've got a slice like a sickle. It's a brass wedding ring, a dependable thing, though I... Welcome back. Final segment of the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak, as presented by Michelob Ultra. Thanks again, for Mike Bolchinski for joining us. That's good stuff with uh, Leonard Golf Course, Leonard Country Club, adding three holes and maybe the possibility of nine. <clears throat> so another 18-hole golf course in the works, and that's um, 
nothing, and and that's part of the talent I think is really growing. So uh, good, good for Mike and good for Leonard. We finish up with uh, a great story. Zach Sklebar earlier this week in the U.S. Open local qualifier was one of the guys who made it along Josh Persons from Fargo and moving on to the next stage. So, And we're glad to welcome Zach to the studio. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks for having me. Congratulations. Give us a little uh, review of how you did down there and what's next. Yeah, it was uh, last uh, Monday, May 1st. I don't know how the weather was in Fargo, but uh, down it in... It didn't uh, look very pretty. I saw a photo. No, it was uh, it was pretty brutal, actually. Uh, we were down at TPC Twin Cities in Blaine, uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. there, north of Minneapolis. And um, the going into it, you know, I had only played probably two rounds outside as well as probably, <laughs> probably everybody else. Yeah. Um, I was in Arizona this winter, um, mm-hmm. but it had been kind of over a month since I'd actually played outside, outside mm-hmm. of those two rounds leading into it. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Saw the weather, and I was talking to my guy, Jake Scarperud, and I was like, well, it's just going to be one of those days. You've got to be patient and just mm-hmm. uh, t- uh, take advantage where we can. And uh, the wind was probably blowing 30 and most of the, 30, probably 30 most of the day, um, up to 35 at points. And it was just, uh, it's a wind that once it goes over 20, usually it's like, I'll just wait till tomorrow to yep. play. But cause at that point, it kind of gets a little pointless. But um, was able yeah, to kind of... Nice. Yeah. Fr- uh, first nine I played was pretty tough there weren't many birdies available and then kind of made a little bit of a move on the second nine and mm-hmm. kind of squeaked my way in there so what's next uh sectional qualifying uh mm-hmm. which uh they which don't... josh has gotten through yeah yeah yep. yeah josh and i actually both made it through the last three years so yep. um it's really great opportunity for both of us um probably looking like we're both headed to washington dc to play at woodmont country club okay uh we won't know for sure until probably the end of may um, just because they got to sort out where everyone's going as far as the tour players go. Um, but I've uh, been out there before. It's a really good golf course mm-hmm. and uh, really excited for it. Now, you made this run before. Yep. yep. Uh, I've gotten through to the sectional qualifying two other last two years, actually, and um, didn't uh, probably play as well as I wanted to at sectionals, but you know, it's kind of been trending up both years. So excited for the third opportunity. Well, uh, third time's charm, right? I yeah. Mean, let's, let's do it. So what do you think uh, – um, what's it going to take to get through to the U.S. Open? I mean, you've been on the doorstep, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's I mean, how do you get through? Yeah. I, I mean, I know shoot low, but um, about your game, what do you think you need to to figure it out here? Yeah, just probably prep properly. Okay. I'm going to have probably about a month up until uh, that tournament comes and just kind of being able to prep and um, just not wearing myself out. I do have other events in May. So mm-hmm. just prepping properly and uh, just when I get there, having a lot of patience. Um, and not trying to do too much because once you try and do too much, you kind of shoot your way out of it. Um, and it's very, it's very gettable. The opportunity is always there for everybody. Okay. Uh, just you know, try not to do too much and just trusting that you have what it takes to get there. The assistant pro at Fargo Country Club, Zach Sklebar, is a guest on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak. Um, Zach, you're a late bloomer at Fargo North High School, and uh, how did you get to the pro ranks? I mean, in, in teaching pro. Yeah, it's kind of kind of quite the story. Um, as far as my high school career goes, uh, I played varsity for four years, mm-hmm. and um, we kind of had some flood trouble uh, my junior year, so didn't have much of um, a recruiting process. There just wasn't many tournaments oh, to it's play. It's like a COVID year almost, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, I was throwing sandbags probably yeah. uh, before the season, <laughs> and um, actually ended up having a good senior year, uh, mm-hmm. which is in the spring, so it kind of leads right into, you're already, I was actually already enrolled at NDSU, yep. um, had a walk-on tryout um, opportunity there, and didn't play good enough to make it obviously so um then I had some other offers uh 
that later that fall and uh, just kind of ended up deciding to play as an AM for two more years and mm-hmm. then turn pro just after I turned 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that time, uh, I've been working, I worked at Edgewood um, on the north side there for a while and then made the transition over to Fargo Country Club where i uh, kind of elevated now and I'm an assistant pro and yep. doing some teaching and just kind of doing it all. Where do you think your game took the biggest gains then after after high school? Yeah, uh, I was really focused after high school. Just I went all in on golf, mm-hmm. um, kind of put everything else to the side in terms of life things and um, was really focused on golf and um, just trying to learn from the right people and um, making good decisions and not trying, like I said, do like I'm trying to do when I go to uh, Washington, D.C. is not do too much, yep. but uh, just try and slowly progress uh, my way up. Wow, that's it's it's a great story. I mean, do you look back and wonder if you should have give Division One golf another shot at all, or no regrets? Uh, you know, I never have any regrets uh, yeah. with the path I I took. Um, you know, obviously, I would have loved to. It have been a, it was super fun. I know a lot of those guys, uh, have friends who play college golf, and some of their best years of their life. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today if uh, I would have played. Or so I yeah, no really regrets there. Yep. Just happy to be where I'm at. Winner of the, I'm told this, the Golden Comb Award <laughs> at the Fargo Country Club. Apparently, you, you got some uh, some competition this year. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you, I could have beat Gunnar Mock last year, but <laughs> he kind of talked me into it. I've had kind of short hair most of my life until uh, last year. He kind of, or like a couple winters ago, he talked me into growing it out, and uh, it's kind of we we're sending the hair at Fargo Country Club. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we got two guys coming in as far as the system. Uh, pros mm-hmm. go, um, Andy Carroll from the University of Mankato. He's playing out. He's in, a hockey player. I think. Yeah, they're so, supposed to have long hair. Yeah, Come on, that's gonna be like, it. It's not like your hair is that long, but anyway. tough, tough competition okay. for me there. And then uh, uh, Ryan Bailey's also got quite the salad as well, so it's going to be a challenge for me. Do you have trouble? I'm not saying trouble. Is it is a challenge to work on your game? Because you know you're hoping to make the U.S. Open and mm-hmm. and teach at the same time. How do you balance that? Just always being at the club. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just kind of managing my time um, is probably the biggest focus when you're when you're working and playing at the same time, mm-hmm. and just uh, taking care of every hour of the day and making sure uh, more so you're just you bring your lunch to work and you're just there the whole day. So. Yep. Do you hit it long enough? Uh, you know, to make the U.S. Open, give us a sense of what what your strengths are in the game. Yeah, I actually. It's kind of weird. I uh, wasn't the best iron player in the past, and then mm-hmm. the past few years, it's really probably been the strongest part of my game, um, which if you check tour rankings, strokes gained approach is probably the most important one, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And I was always kind of hit the driver well. Um, I really like where that's at right now. And then the kind of where I was falling short last year is my putting. Um, so actually, uh, once I got back from Arizona, I got a putting mat in my living room, my apartment, and mm-hmm. then, uh, just been grinding in there. Um, and it actually paid off pretty well last week uh, at TPC, so pretty excited about where everything's at right now. I played a couple of days ago. I was hitting the real ball really well, but I three-putted more than I want. So <laughs> help me. How, how do we stop three-putting? Yeah, probably working on your— Just practice, practice, or yeah, how do you do it? Spend more time on the putting green. Like, even wherever I'm at, the, mm-hmm. the range is always full. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's less people on the putting green. Nobody wants to putt for an hour. Only That's put- what Tom Hokey does. I mean, he literally yeah. will sit there for an hour— Mm-hmm. And and most people will go to the putting green for what five minutes. Yeah, and it's I mean there there is a point where you can do too much on the putting green, mm-hmm. but um, I definitely would say people don't spend enough time there for sure. And it's like they're only there if the range is full. So, what do you think it'd be like to make the U.S. Open? 
Is, is I mean, do you think about that step? I think about stuff like that all the time. I'm <laughs> um, just kind of visualizing. I don't know if that's a great thing or not, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's going to be at LA Country Club. Uh, I've looked kind of at pictures and stuff, and yeah. uh, I've been to LA once, but uh, the course looks phenomenal. So it just would be quite the experience and uh, something I'd be very happy to do. How old are you, Zach? 27. 27. Yep. Probably peak time, right? I yeah. mean, late 20s, early 30s. Late 20s, make something happen, and yeah. we'll see. What's uh, What's in the future for you? What, what do you want to do? I want to be on the PGA Tour. Okay. Um, playing a lot of U.S. Opens, playing mm-hmm. Masters, and um, for right now, just trying to get there, and fortunate enough to be able to work at Fargo Country Club right now in the, in the meantime. There's got to be some incredible motivation for you. I mean, inner drive, because everybody wants to play on the PGA Tour, and... You know, you got to set yourself apart. It's got to be. You know, what is it about uh, you and, and and your and your thoughts and your drive to make it? I just I think I wake up every day and uh, the PGA Tour is my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever I'm doing um, and just being excellent at everything I do. Um, and I think that translates right right into golf, whether I'm golfing that day or not. Um, and just taking care of my business every day and focusing on every detail that I have in front of me. Dave Schultz gave it a run, gave, gave it a run, gave it a run, yeah. and came up a little short. He made a couple tour events. Do you tap into what he has to say? What does he have to say to you? It's taught me so much. Um, actually, being at Far- so I actually knew Dave uh, pretty well prior to him mm-hmm. uh, starting at Faro Country Club. I caddied for him a few times um, as we were traveling together at many tour events in Q School, um, and I he's very open and will tell me anything I want to know. And I really appreciate stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, Josh persons and Amy Olson are also the same. For sure. Way, so that's some good mentors right there. Yeah. Great company. The sectional qualifier is when, uh, June 5th. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. I Thanks. appreciate it. That's Zach, Zach Sklebar, the, uh, system pro at Fargo country club, making it through to, uh, the doorstep of the U S open. Good luck to you, Zach. Thank you. This is Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for Mike Polchinski. Thanks again for Russ Nelson for joining the show until next week. Hit them straight.